Hey everybody, welcome to episode 30 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and our guest this week is our first second time guest on the podcast, Cannon Claycomb, who is a freshman golfer at the University of Alabama. He started in January there, and uh, second semester of this school year got cut short uh, due to the coronavirus. So I was able to catch up with Cannon. Um, He's at his parents' house in Orlando, Florida, and uh, we just wanted to jump on and try to bring you guys some value. Um, I'm trying to bring you guys some additional episodes as we go through this coronavirus, social distancing, isolation at home. Um, Hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy. Um, But like I said, just trying to bring you guys some additional episodes to uh, help occupy some of your time while you're at home and looking for some things to do. So um, like I said, Cannon is our first, second time guest on the podcast. He was the second guest overall on the podcast when I started back in August of 2019 and uh, really excited to have him back. Um, I can definitely tell just based on our conversation, I'm in pretty good communication with him uh, anyways, and I can tell that he's definitely grown quite a bit since uh, he went to school and only spent just a couple months there. But um, since we talked to him last in August, he's improved his world amateur golf ranking. He's now in the top 50 amateur golfers in the world, uh, ranked number 48 in Wagger, uh, and has had a great start on the collegiate scene. So his first tournament as a collegiate golfer at the University of Alabama, um, he led the field in birdies at the Puerto Rico Classic. He finished T13 with rounds of 71, 72, 69, uh, just five shots off the leader, and uh, then took his talents down to Cabo for the second tournament um, of his collegiate career where he finished T7, uh, firing rounds of 70, 66, 73 uh, for just a total four shots off the leader. So um, super awesome start after that Cabo week. Uh, Cannon was named SEC Men's Freshman Golfer of the Week. Um, he leads the team at Alabama, at least in the two tournaments that he's played in, uh, with a scoring average of 70.17. And uh, five of his first six college rounds, uh, he shot under par. So a lot of growth going on. Uh, Cannon and I are going to talk about his transition to college in January for coming in mid-year, second semester for a traditional school year, but uh, he was able to come in and get an early start for the spring semester. Uh, so we're going to talk about that transition, both with you know school and class, with practice, uh, living away from home, coming in mid-year. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the changes with his practice and playing habits, um, Cannon makes a lot of birdies. We're going to talk about, you know, how you make birdies, how you manage yourself around the golf course. Um, you know, really excited to to get in and have you guys listen to Cannon coming back for a second time. So uh, appreciate his time and I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you listening. Like I said, I hope that you guys are staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy. Um, appreciate you listening and tuning in week after week. Going to be bringing you some more content for sure. Uh, and if you could, I'd love for you to interact with me. Um, you can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram 
at Junior Golf Keys, as well as Twitter. And for you parents out there that are on LinkedIn, uh, for your careers, I've also started a Junior Golf Keys LinkedIn page. Um, so content varies on those different pages. Uh, I am doing some of my own. I'm sharing some other content uh, that other folks have put out there. But uh, needless to say, I'm trying to bring you guys as much value as I can and share some applicable information with you that's going to help you in your uh, journey in junior golf, both as young players and as parents that are trying to help your young players navigate their junior golf career. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with Cannon Claycomb. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. I have this week our first second-time guest on the podcast. Happy to welcome back Cannon Claycomb, mm-hmm. freshman golfer at the University of Alabama. Cannon, what's happening? Uh, nothing much. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. First, uh, second-time guest. Looking forward to jumping in. Um, let's see, we did an episode probably last August, and uh, – you were kind of wrapping up your junior golf career and, you know, had your sights set on heading to Tuscaloosa in January, which you've done. And we're kind of in a weird spot right now um, with the coronavirus. We've, uh, you know, pretty much shut down uh, a lot of stuff that's going on, including college. So um, I know we were just chatting before we jumped on about, you know, you're doing some remote classes and stuff like that. So what's, uh, what's life been like over the last couple of weeks? Um, well, life at school was amazing. Um, I, I was fitting in great, you know, getting in, yeah, getting into school and um, getting to know all the guys a little better than I already knew them. Um, and I was playing good golf, which was nice. And, you know, classes were not too hard. I was, you know, doing pretty good in school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, life at school was great. And then, you know, the coronavirus kind of hit and it left us at Alabama in a weird spot cuz we were all on spring break so we left on i left on that thursday before like march madness got canceled and everything so i left all my stuff there expecting to go back um oh. and then i think that like friday or saturday our season got canceled and then sec's got canceled soon after that um yeah so and now we're not allowed to go back so all my stuff's there which is a little weird but um He's trying to make the best of it. Yeah, hopefully you can scrap together some stuff back at, at the parents' house. Yeah, uh, exactly. At least look somewhat presentable, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to. It's tough. Good deal. Um, well, you know, I want to keep some stuff positive and keep it light. I mean, everybody's, uh, you know, kind of worried about what's going on with this coronavirus. But, you know, I think we can still bring some value to this community. So I'm going to keep trucking with the podcast and, you know, happy to have you back on. I want to talk about um, your transition to Bama. I mean, you came off a really big high as a junior player and transitioned in first semester. You only had an opportunity to play in two tournaments, but um, you really did well in those first two tournaments um your first collegiate tournament the puerto rico classic uh finished t13 with a combined score 212 you went 71 72 69 just five shots off the leader and then uh wrangled up a top 10 uh finishing t7 in cabo with 70 66 73 just four shots off the lead and then were named SEC men's freshman golfer of the week uh, coming out of that Cabo tournament. So just talk about that a little bit. What was the transition going from junior and amateur play to college golf? Um, 
you know, I didn't find the transition to be that difficult because <clears throat> um, the golf courses aren't that different. Um, you know, you're not playing from <clears throat> you're not playing from that that much farther, or, like different golf courses. The setup's just a little different. Like in college golf, you'll have flags that are four paces on from one side or from the front or from the back. Whereas in junior golf, it was more of like you had some pins that were tough, but they were still accessible and you you didn't really have to play to the middle of the green in junior golf. Um, and if you looked mm -hmm. at my scores, like it kind of represented that too. I was making a bunch of birdies because if you could go with those flags, like if it's only four paces on, you hit it right of the flag to a, a right pin, you have six feet. So it's an easy birdie. But sure. if you miss the green, you know, I made a, bun I made a bunch of doubles in my first two events. Um, I luckily made a bunch of birdies to combat that. But um, I think yeah, the biggest transition was really just, you know, um, learning how to play in team golf again. Um, like knowing if, if you have – if you get off to a bad start, like you, you can't give up because you have four other guys that are to turn the ship around. So um, that was kind of the biggest transition. And then the other thing was like, you know, I was ranked number one for a while on golf week. You know, I was the best – quote unquote best junior golfer in the country for a while and then I show up to a school where I'm not even the third best player on my team so um you know the guys are just really good like I got to play with Andy in the last round of Puerto Rico um and he's about to yeah. be a professional you know he's going to play in the Masters whenever they have it in the U.S. Open yeah. uh, you know it's, it's cool like you're not playing against you know just you know regular players anymore you're playing against guys that are going to be making a lot of money on the PGA Tour soon, you know, playing with Tiger in the Masters, um, stuff like that. So I think that's just the biggest transition is getting getting into a mindset that, um, you know, you have to just play better because these guys are good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you've definitely, you know, I know you've only played two tournaments, but you've definitely fit in really well and you've proven yourself in the first couple events. I mean, right now you're leading your team, at least in those two tournaments, in uh, scoring average of 70.17 and out of your first six rounds five of them were under par so um, you kind of talk about the pin positions and team golf um, how, do, how do those pin positions or I guess a new focus and kind of shifting maybe some of your practice routine like keeping those those things in mind with positions of the pins and stuff like that you know distance control how does that shift up your practice routine or does it? Yeah. I mean, it changed my, my practice routine changed a lot when I got to school. Um, we have very structured practices uh, for the most part. Um, Sewell, Coach Sewell does a great job of putting together practice for us. Um, and I came into school, like not very good at wedges. Um, you know, like anything from under 115 yards, I was very average at. Um and you, you do get a good amount of wedges in college golf, whether it's, you know, having to lay up on a par five or there's some, some you know, holes that you're just going to have wedge into. Um, came into school not very good at wedges. Um, worked a lot with Coach Sewell. Um, did track man combines and stuff like that. Um, sand pits, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and started get getting – I started getting good at flighting my wedges and knowing, like, how far a half swing or a three-quarter swing would go. Um, and it also took a bunch of spin off off of the wedges so I could fly it to the flag and it was going to, you know, take a bounce and then maybe spin back two or three feet instead of ripping off the front of a green or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was a big difference. And then I also came to school like a very average putter. Um, 
if I shot a low round, it was because I just struck the ball really well and had, you know, six feet for birdie, like a bunch. Um, so I got I got to school and we worked on a few things. Like my eyes were nowhere near over the ball. Um, stroke was just a little off. And then worked with I worked with Hal on my putting, Coach Hal, which is our assistant, a bunch um, on that. And then, you know, I got to Puerto Rico and I was making it from everywhere. And I was like, wow, this, this game's a lot easier if you can, if you can play. <laughs> um, yeah, so just for sure. Like that, I mean, like you just, they do, the coaches do a good job and they've done it for so long. They know like what needs to happen. And um, you're practicing stuff that you don't even realize that you're practicing. But then yeah. once you get into, into the event, you're like, wow, you know, I've, I've done this multiple times or well, hundreds of times out of the practice facility. So it definitely makes it a lot easier. Yeah. For sure. And I think what's interesting, like, as I'm listening to you kind of talk through that stuff, I'm just kind of reflecting back, like, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now. I, I have a pretty good idea of kind of, you know, how you've developed over the past couple of years and where your focus has been. Like, you know, when we had this conversation last year, it was, you know, not a whole lot of stuff. You know, if I need to work on something, I'm on range working on it. You know, I'm working on short game stuff when I'm practicing, but really your focus big time was on, you know, playing, getting out there, learning how to score, which, you know, like you said, making birdies, you know, it's, it's huge. In Cabo, you were, I think, second in the field in birdies with 15 for the week. So um, that's really solid. And it kind of last week I had um, somebody on from. Uh, operation 36 uh which i'm not sure if you're familiar with that system but it it kind of breaks down the game of golf for like younger beginners has them starting closer has them you know learning how to actually put the ball in the hole where they can start at a distance they can make you know shoot 36 from that distance then they move back to a further distance just kind of as they develop and it just kind of makes me think about like what you're talking you know you learned how to score first and now it sounds like you're starting to really like clean up some stuff that's going to help you with consistency over the long run do you feel that way yeah for sure I think that's a great great way to do it and I think whatever that system was that the guy you had on last last week I think that's you know how everyone should because everyone needs to learn how to get the ball in the hole um because you can't teach that like I was so I made I was second in the field in birdies but I led the field by three birdies in Puerto Rico so, like, I had a team meeting when I got back, and I was like, Coach, like, I'm making a ton of birdies, but I'm also, like, not finished. Like, I didn't finish in the top 10 at Puerto Rico, and I had 18 birdies for three rounds. And wow. So, it was more – the conversation was, like, <clears throat> you can teach people how to not make double, but you can't really teach people how to make birdies. So, I think that's a great way to start is getting the ball in the hole. And um, I definitely have learned how to, you know, clean up the edges around my game once I got to college um, and it's just stuff that like you don't even realize you're doing, but we'll, we'll do chipping games like for two hours and you're, you're competing the whole time. So you're not knowing you're practicing, <clears throat> but then you finish the, your practice and you're so much better at chipping. And yeah, like just throughout my two events and throughout the two months that I was there, i saw my game get better each and every day. And that's the reason like I wanted to go to college was because I knew there were going to be people there that were going to be able to help me. Um, you know, I was going to be around guys that were really good. Um, and it's paid off in the two, only the two months I've been there. I mean, I've gotten so much better at golf. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a great how, way to start. How do you like, just for these young <laughs> players that are listening, I mean, how do you learn how to make birdies? 
Uh, I don't, I don't maybe that's a loaded question, but yeah. I just like, how can you, I mean, is it playing from the proper distance to be able to give yourself more opportunities? Yeah, um, for sure. I, well, I think that's like the main way to start is, you know, playing it forward and like, there's no reason to go out and shoot 76 from the tip to make one birdie and be satisfied with a 76. Cause 76 isn't going to get it done in any event. So I think like if you can start out at a, a, a more forward tee and learn how to shoot 66 and 65, you're going to move back and you're going to figure it out. Like you're going to know how to do it if you've done it before. So I think you don't mentally beat yourself down by playing it too far. Or, you know, if you're just like, if it's outside of your skill set, don't play the tips and learn how to make birdies from a, a forward tee. And then once you can do it, that's when you start moving back um, because you can't really teach birdies and you can't really learn how to make birdies. You just kind of have to do it. Um, and once you do it enough, you know, you can figure out how to do it from any tee. Um, so I think that was a big thing when I was playing junior golf was, um, you know, I played a lot of golf and I, I learned how to do certain things by playing on the golf course. Like, you know, I could make, I could learn, I learned how to like, go for par fives when I should and when I shouldn't, you know, I learned how to hit three woods off the tee when I shouldn't, when I shouldn't just stuff like that, you know, playing instead of just hitting balls on a range or, you know, hitting chips on a practice green, stuff like that was just kind of big for me in my own game. Um, and it also led to me learning how to make a lot of birdies. Um, but then it also led to me making some big numbers, which, you know, I've since learned how to kind of tone that down and be a little more conservative when I need to. Yeah. So, I mean, you're really talking about course management, right? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the main thing. So, I mean, as you're growing up playing junior golf and, you know, as you've moved into the, the college golf arena, what are you doing to, to better manage yourself on the course? Um, so we use a little bit of Scott Fawcett's method. Um, I forgot what it, the, the method is called, but it's basically like, you have an upside and a downside to each shot. And if the downside outweighs the upside on a shot, you, you go more conservative. So say I have a pin that's four paces right and it's, it's back right, it's four paces on, which is a pretty common pin placement you get in college. And I'm a drawer of the golf ball. Like that would be a no-go pin for me. So I would try and hit that to the center of the green. Um, whereas like if I had a front left pin and I could, you know, that's like perfect – perfect shot shape for me you know I love a front left pin so that would be a green light so you kind of pick throughout the round like what you want to go for and what you don't want to go for and um, you're trying to weigh in the positives and negatives of each shot and like if you're playing great you obviously you don't you don't have to take as much consideration into that but it's more of like a damage control thing where like if you're not swinging it great and you you know you're trying to grind out a even par score and you get a pin that's a back right pin for me like I'm just going to try and hit that to the center of the green every time so yeah it was more of like an understand it's more of an understanding of the golf game and like what what you need to go for and what you don't need to go for and before I got to school it was go for everything like everything's green light you're trying to make birdie on every hole um, yeah whereas like that's just not the case because if you don't make a bogey during a round like the worst you're going to shoot is even par so Sure. Um, I never really thought of it like that, but, you know, being around some smart people and, you know, guys that are around golf more than I am even, 
at school. Um, I learned that that was a, a good way to approach it, and it definitely helped me out a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of paint a picture for the people that are listening, um, as a right-handed golfer, you say you're a drawer of the golf ball, yes. which means you work the ball from right to left, typically. Um, do you do you ever try to work the ball opposite ways, or are you comfortable with the way that you're, the, the movement of the ball is already, and then you just make your decisions based off of that, just keeping that same you know, flight pattern yeah. in mind? I mean, I can definitely work the ball the opposite way. i just rather not hit a cut. I mean, I can if I need to or if I want to. Um, yeah. And like like I said, like days where you're swinging it great and you get a right pin, like if I'm hitting it good, I'm going to hit a cut into that right pin. Um, yeah. But if it's one of those days where I'm not, I'm just going to hit my draw to the center of the green. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like it's important to know how to hit the ball both ways. Um, you can't just be one-dimensional on golf. Um, and that's something else that, you know, I've worked a lot on is learning how to work the ball both ways and – the biggest thing is really um, like trajectory of a shot. Um, I think in my opinion, cause like the one thing I've gotten really good at since getting to school was like bringing my flight down. Cause I, I hit my irons really, really high. Um, and like in places like Puerto Rico and Cabo where it's on the ocean or in the rainforest, like it's windy and you can't hit the ball sure. 150 feet in the air every time. Um, yeah. So I think it's just learning how to how to shape the ball um, up and down and left to right, right to left, um, just stuff like that that people, you know, don't really take into consideration a lot, but is something that's very important um, in the game of golf. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the topic of of trajectory because, to your point, uh, maybe in some different words, like you just control the flight a lot better. I mean, you can almost throw darts, you know, when you're taking a shortened swing with maybe a little bit of an extra club um, and bringing that flight down. Yeah. And, you know, what has that done to like your proximity to the hole? Have you noticed a big difference? Oh that yeah, way? for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, especially with the wedges, like we talked about earlier, like, I mean, if you're hitting a 50 degree from 90 yards, which I hit a 50 degree about 125 yards. But mm -hmm. one of the things we practiced was like hitting a, a, a 50 degree from 90 yards or 80 yards. And, like the ball never really leaves the top of the flag stick. And so it's never being affected by wind. Um, you know, the spin's not really touching the ball and that just makes it easier. Like, I mean, if you could just draw a line from your ball to the flag stick, like that's, that's what it is basically hitting a 50 degree for 90 yards. For sure. You just have to have the distance. Right. So it's definitely, yeah. yeah trajectory has made my, my proximity a lot better. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah, and I think so too. Like, I mean, if if you've got an opportunity, especially now where you know people might not have access to a full golf course or stuff like that, I mean, some of those like hundred and in shots or stuff that you can practice just depending on your setup, you know, at your house or you know somewhere close by where you can just work on those little wedge, you know, distance control and um, you know flying them to a certain spot. Um, I think can be some good stuff to work on. I played with my dad a couple times last week and. I think I hit like a 54 degree from 85 yards or something like that. Just exactly what you're talking about. Just kind of zipped it in there and one hop to a couple feet. Um, so those are definitely some, some ways that you can score with your short game and, and using some of that wedge distance control. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, let's talk a little bit about school. I mean, we talk a lot about golf, but prior to going to Alabama, you were homeschooled and, um, 
So there's a little bit of a transition, I would think, or maybe not. Just kind of curious to get your take on the transition from an academic perspective. And of course, now you're, you know, logging into uh, school remotely just with everything that's going on. But what was that transition like getting up, you know, going to different classes around campus every day? Yeah, I mean, for me, I really enjoyed the transition because, you know, homeschool, you, you're the only one in your class and you're kind of doing it from home by yourself. Um, so I, I really enjoyed going to class, um, but it definitely is a transition. I mean, most of the I had five classes this semester. Um, two of them were online. Three were in person. Um, and, you know, like the classes are lecture halls. They're not, you know, your high school 30 person class. You know, I had sure. 85 people in one, 95 in the other. And then my third lecture hall was like 150 people. So, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of people that go to class um, that are in your class. Um, and it's not really a one-on-one like uh, setup. It's, you know, you have your computer in front of you and the professor will send you slides and you just follow along. Um, and listen and take notes. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the transition into class. Um, You know, I enjoyed going to class. Um, So yeah, it was a good transition. And, you know, we have really good academic advisors at Alabama um, that kind of keep us on track. And, you know, my academic advisor helped me out a lot this semester, you know, just knowing what to do, where to go, when to be places. So um, it was great. And those big lecture classes, they take attendance? Yes, yes, they do do that you'll you'll sign in you'll either sign in once you get there or like a note card will be passed around the room um so a class all my classes this semester were mandatory attendance but you know some classes yeah yeah how do you um how do you keep up with stuff while you're on the road what's that environment like from from the team's perspective just academically um so the academic advisor will let your professors know when you're gonna miss and then you kind of just tell them that you're gonna miss when you when you go um, but you know, all of my, all of my professors this semester were really nice about it. Um, they were, you know, really supportive. And then we have, we do stuff on Blackboard, which some of the kids listening might know what Blackboard is, but it's basically like a classroom, uh, up on your laptop where all the assignments go through and where they'll be posted on. Um, so we'll just check Blackboard, um, email our professors, you know, they'll keep us updated and then we can just turn in our work through there. Um, but I mean, there were many times, like even in my first two events where I would finish my round, we would practice for an hour, I would get some lunch and then I'd go back to the hotel room and do school for two hours. So it's definitely different. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You feel like you're planning and prioritizing your time a lot more than you maybe had to before you went to school. Yeah, for sure. I was telling someone that the other day, like being home, like I just feel lazy being home because, you know, at school, like. (laughs) we would get up at six 30, go to workouts and then breakfast at eight class at nine practice at one class again at five and then, you know, eat and then go to sleep. And it was like a full day yeah. of work. And I never really had time to like take a breath, but you know, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the constant, you know, grind of, you know, either school or practice or, you know, getting food, you know, whatever it was. Um, and then I came home yeah. and it's like, you know, you're on lockdown. So just lay in bed all day. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> there you go. It's kind of been brutal, but um, yeah, I mean, we do have a, a really good schedule set up for us and it's, uh, it's very good for me. Yeah. What's the fitness like? Um, so we do three, three workouts a week, um, usually like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, during season, it's two days a week and we'll do it at 
we work out at 7.30, I believe, because the football team works out from 6.30 to 7.30. Um, so they try and okay. keep us out of the gym while they're in there. Um, and then we'll do an hour yeah. of that. Um, and then that's the days of our – we work out on days of our afternoon classes. So we'll work out and then go get breakfast, and then we'll have practice from like 10 to 2, 10 to 1, something like that. Okay. And then we'll go to afternoon classes. Yeah. And then um, – when we get back from events, like we only did it twice while I was there, but when we get back from events, we have team yoga, which is like probably my favorite thing ever because after an yep. event and then flying or driving, you know, the yoga is like the best. So I really enjoyed that. And yeah. Just from a flexibility standpoint or just releasing yeah, just some like tension kinda, and stuff like kinda that? Kind of flexibility and then getting your body like back on track to where it needs to be and yeah. you know, just – you feel better after yoga. So it was good. Yeah. What types of things are you guys doing fitness wise, just in terms of like, is it a mixture of strength training and flexibility and movement stuff or, you know, what times, what types of things are you guys doing? Um, it's a lot of strength training. We don't really do much cardio other than just walking when we play. Um, so we'll do like Olympic lifting. Um, we have Bama abs, which is just like an ab workout um, that's tied in. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like free weights, uh, squats, uh, power cleans, stuff like that. And then abs and stuff. Yeah. Just kind of regular, you know, power moves that you sure. want to get stronger with. Yep. So. Pretty basic. Yeah. Um, well, how's it been living away from home? Just kind of curious. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it living away from home. Like yeah. obviously you miss home, but it's cool. Like, yeah, you guys have got a pretty tight family, so I feel like it's a it's a change, right? Yeah, for but sure. Like, just curious. Obviously, like yeah. I miss home and miss family, but it was awesome. Like, I got to I lived with um, Tyler Lipscomb, Thomas Ponder, and Sims Abney, who are all on the team, all freshmen, um, and it was great. You know, like you know, I didn't have to come home when my parents told me to come home, stuff like that, and um, it was cool. It was you know, it's like that first step in kind of becoming an adult in my opinion, living away from home. And, um, you know, like other than like the coronavirus, I wasn't planning on coming home anytime soon because it's a nine hour drive or a two hour flight in between school and, you know, events, you just don't have that much time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. You know, I enjoyed it and I had some great roommates and we, you know, really got along and, um, we lived in like a residential hall, a dorm basically. And it was, there was a bunch of athletes in there. So we got to be close with the gymnastics team and some of the softball players. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was loving it. Nice. Good deal. Um, well, I think I've covered about everything, but I was going to ask you about the team leadership. So I noticed that um, you guys don't have any seniors on the team this year, do you? No. Oh, uh, we do. We have one. So I think you've got, resort. we had one. Oh, do you have one? Okay. Okay. Uh, and then a couple juniors, but I mean, overall, you've got a fairly young team. So, I mean, what does the leadership on the team look like? Or, you know, kind of how do you guys take on different leadership roles on the team when you've got such a young squad? Yeah. I mean, so like, in my opinion, well, as freshmen, like I looked up to Wilson, Fur, and Frankie. I looked up to everyone that was older than me. So Wilson, Frankie, uh, Davis Shore, Ben Fuller, um, you know, those guys, you know, they kind of helped mentor me along the way. And then 
Um, there, Wilson's a great leader. Davis is a great leader. Frankie was a great leader. Um, and then, like, for the freshmen that traveled, Frankie – or uh, myself and Thomas were kind of the main freshmen that traveled. And we kind of just added a little bit of, like – it was almost humor because, like, we had no clue what was going on, especially for me. Like, I showed up in Puerto Rico. I had no clue what was going on. So, um, <laughs> they, were, they thought that was kind of funny. Um, but we just – you know, we bonded really well. And I think that was the biggest part um, was – you know me coming in we we were like 65th in the country um kind of struggling and then you know we played good in puerto rico played played okay in cabo and then looked up and we were 34th in the country and i don't think it was anything that had changed from a talent aspect i think we just all really you know got along um and we enjoyed being around each other like i mean we didn't spend much time away from each other whether it was you know eating dinner or you know, study hall or practice or workouts, you know, like we, we wanted to be together. And I think that was a big part yep. of our success was that we really enjoyed being around each other. And, you know, we were playing for each other, um, not for ourselves. So um, I think that's a very important part of, of college golf that not a lot of people understand is that, you know, teamwork and team leadership is, you know, what's probably going to be the difference between winning a national championship and not winning a national championship. So um, it's a very yeah, important that part. chemistry has to be on point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, good deal. Yeah, you guys took uh, two top tens, fourth in Puerto Rico and seventh in Cabo. So I know the season was cut short, um, and I guess we're kind of all in a holding pattern to figure out what's going to happen next. It's kind of weird with no live sports going on right now. Um, tough to figure out what to watch or just not watch anything at all, I guess. Um, how have you been – transitioning through this time are you practicing or are you playing or what types of things are you doing yeah i mean i've been practicing a bunch our golf course is still open and we have our own golf cart um so i've been kind of just getting out there playing a little golf um practicing a little bit and then uh ryan ruffles and sam and all those guys are are home because they don't have anywhere to play either since they're shut yep. down so we've been playing some golf which has been good um keeping my game sharp and yeah, I mean, just been doing a lot of fishing, and uh, ESPN has the Ocho back, so I've been watching. There ESPN you go. And the Ocho. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, been watching marble races and stuff like that. Didn't even know it was a sport. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I've just been bored. Good deal. But playing a lot of golf, and, and yeah, just you know, counting down the days so I can go back to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not too long. Uh, looks like this semester will be virtual i guess yes. uh for their foreseeable future and then um move into summer hopefully you get an opportunity to play in some competition this summer um on the amateur circuit and then like i said gear up uh to have an opportunity to jump back out and compete in the fall so hopefully this thing blows over and we can all stay uh safe and healthy and and move forward but you know golf's one of those games i was reading a couple articles this week about just social distancing and those types of things you know for anybody listening it can be a good way to just get outside and even spend some time by yourself and just, you know, be in nature a little bit and enjoy a good game of golf. So um, best of luck to you, I guess, as we move through this. And I appreciate you jumping on here and, you know, sharing some stuff with the audience. Um, one of the things I started a couple of months ago was flipping the script a little bit at the end and tossing it back to the guests to ask me a couple questions. Um, initially it was kind of, just about me. Um, but I think we've pretty much covered stuff about me, unless you're curious about anything. Um, 
So I don't know. You got a question or two that you want to fire at me that I can answer for the group? Um, how's the game? How's your game been? <laughs> Uh, the game struggled a little bit this year uh, so far. I'm, I'm chipping away. So I had my dad in town last week. Uh, I think 77 was my low. Um, can't get rid of those couple doubles around. So I think I shot 77 on Friday with a triple, uh, which was exciting. But, yeah, I made four birdies. So I was happy with that. Just, uh, just working on the short game, honestly. I made a couple little – uh, not swing changes, but alignment and ball position changes uh, just to improve some consistency. And then I'm just working on honing in the short game. So my goal is to get my scoring average down below 75 this year. So um, that's it. that's I'm not cool. a, I'm not a standout stick, but you know, I can, I can get there. So that's where I am right now. Well, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I think yeah, I don't man. have any other questions so, for you, but um, we, right. we need to go. Anything else you want to share with the group? No. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, come on down, man. Love to do that. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Stay healthy. Tell the family I said hello. Yeah, we'll do. Thank you for uh, thank you for your time, and you know, um, I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Take care. Well, that wraps up episode 30 of Junior Golf Keys. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And, Cannon, thank you for your time. I appreciate you jumping on for another episode to share some value with this group. I hope you guys are able to take away some information that's going to help you in your transition uh, for college when that time comes. Uh, You know, we're talking about school and what that transition looks like, practice, uh, playing habits, those types of things, living away from home. Um, also gain some insight around what it's like to come in in the middle of the year, um, which Canon has done this year. So I uh, hope you guys were able to take away some value. And if you did, like I always ask, please share this episode. Uh, please leave a review on the podcast platform that you listen to uh, so you can share with other people you know, the value that you're taking away from this and what it's done for you and those types of things. Um, also make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that I have coming up. Uh, Like I said earlier, I'm going to be bringing on some additional guests uh, during this coronavirus time to put out some additional episodes to hopefully give you guys an opportunity to occupy some more of your time uh, if you're stuck at home. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate you, and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.